Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis, and I sincerely hope, I really hope actually, that you are enjoying our podcast series thus far. I guess the uh, the feedback we've been getting and the uh, I guess the energy it's creating has been really positive and, and we look forward to continuously be adding to our library regarding our podcast and many other aspects of how we share and, and contribute to the small business uh, world out there in, in, in Melbourne, Australia and the world. So we're pretty excited about that. Today our uh, our podcast is going to be focusing on partnerships and uh, the the ultimate, I guess, um, essence of partnerships is, is is the understanding of who's doing what by when, but at a very higher level because the stakes are so much higher when it's uh, partnerships. And and the thing I've learnt, uh, I guess, over my 30 or so years in business, and uh, I will say this, all my problems today started out as a great idea. And partnerships in most cases are exactly that. You know, they all start out on a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant intention, a brilliant, I guess, um, opportunity for where great minds, great ideas and uh, shallow follow through actually occur. And uh, it's because, you know, there was no real guidance as to what needs to happen, why did we decide that to happen, how is it going to happen, and if success actually turned up, if it does, which trying to do it on your own is hard enough, let alone being in a partnership and trying to do it, if it actually turns up, how are we going to actually manage that? How are we going to actually manage the uh, who's working harder than someone else? How are we going to actually manage where the final decisions actually get made? Because as partners, we have our roles and responsibilities and ultimately where the buck stops. I always love talking to uh, people who get into partnerships and say, okay, fantastic. So the two of you, the three of you, the four of you are in this great partnership. Who's the CEO? And they say, oh, well, we all are. And it's really quite interesting because I've yet to meet an organisation and most importantly in the small business world where there are four CEOs. That's a recipe for huge, huge disaster. So, you know, I don't mean to be laughing at the ones that may be listening to this and thinking, holy shit, he's talking to me. No, I don't. But um, look, the thing I've learned about partnerships and the reality is no different to our personal relationships. You know, what you put in and what you take out and sometimes the moments where you just need to be silent and just understanding that it's a, it's a two-way street. Also understanding that, um, you know, if you're in a position of um, power and or strength or financial liberty, if you're getting into partnership with someone that is not in that position, the chances of a fucking disaster are high. It's just high. So don't do it. Hence why I use the French word, just to get your attention. The chances of having, um, I guess plenty of opportunity or alternatives and someone else doesn't that is a recipe for a disaster you need to be getting into partnerships with people who you believe you have an equal experience in making money losing money creating outcomes by understanding where are the risks no different to the most experienced people in the world who get married for the fifth time 
They have prenuptials. Funny that. I can guarantee you in their first marriage they never had one. No different in business. What is your prenuptial? What is the guarantee of a $10,000 investment in a partnership agreement that has a prenuptial in place? Anyway, I look so forward to you hearing this podcast and sharing with us your views on how your partnerships and or stories of partnerships have worked and or been fatal disasters. I'm Stefan Kazakis, Business Benchmark Group, where all small business owners need to focus on what they're good at and ultimately partnerships is what they need to be working on to be better at if that's what they're doing. Stefan Kazakis. Okay, think tank. I want you to think. I want you to think right now. I want you to stretch your thought process. We're on theme here regarding partnerships, right? So partnerships versus alternatives. See, if I'm in a partnership, if I'm considering a partnership, and my alternatives are high, as in I've got choices. Do I need to be here versus being somewhere else? I'm managing four other businesses, I might as well manage this one as well. See, if I've got high alternatives, and I'm thinking about getting into another partnership, or I'm on the other side reviewing someone that I think, hang on, they've got the money, they've got the expertise, they've got the track record, I don't, but that would be a good partnership. You know that euphoria thing I was talking about before? Just think about this for a moment. If I'm getting into a partnership with someone that's got high alternatives, I'm gonna ask you to go slow and think this through, because you're gonna get hurt. If I'm entering a partnership where the alternatives are low, in other words, I've got no choices. I, I really don't have any choices. This is the only thing I can do to move this forward. Or I prefer to not have any other choices. And if we're going to go down or go up, I'd want to do it with someone so I felt, you know, I, I felt popular in, in a sinking ship. If you have low alternatives when it comes to partnerships or relationships or any type of negotiation, I'm going to ask you to go slow and think this through. I'm going to ask you to tap someone like me on the shoulder or Damien and say, I've got an idea about this. Can you just help me see maybe the second, third and fourth version of it versus I'm getting into a partnership and this sounds like a great idea because I have no alternatives. Does that make sense? So when it comes to alternatives, he who has, she who has the greatest alternatives has the power. Does that make sense? If I don't need to do this and I'm only doing it because I'm interested in profiteering or I'm going to be the brains and you're going to be the brute, there'll be a problem. Does that make sense? So when it comes to partnerships, I just want you to think and be true to yourself, what are my alternatives? If they're low, go slow, think it through. If they're high, go slow, think it through. There is nothing more damaging than going into a relationship where your alternatives were high and now this becomes your biggest distraction. Does that make sense? And you will get distracted. Because remember, if you had high alternatives, you've got brain and you've got money. In other words, you've got experience, okay? You've got a track record. You get into business with someone that doesn't, you will be distracted because the other side doesn't understand the splitting of the tasks, the splitting of the responsibilities. I'm talking to a few people that are experiencing this right now in the room, okay? So you've got to think that through. So. High alternatives, go slow, think it through. Low alternatives, go slow, think it through. In other words, be strategic and ensure that there's critical thinking in the decision. Is that cool? Again, on the same theme. 
What are the components of a successful partnership? What are the components, the key components? Firstly, there must be a desire. There must be a fire in the belly that says, hang on, you know what, we can do this. Let's do this. I am going to do this. We are going to do this. There must be a desire. If there's no desire and you're nudging someone to get into a partnership with you, or you're the one that's kicking someone in the shins, come on, let's do it, let's do it. If you're convincing someone to do it, if you're doing the hard sell on someone to do it, then that is something that's going to boomerang on you. Does that make sense? And this is why you go slow to go fast. You've got to go slow. You've got to rehearse it. You've got to mental, mentally rehearse this relationship and go through the process of will this be what it's meant to be? So components of desire are critical. In other words, the emotional highs and lows of this relationship, the good, the bad, and the ugly, have you progressed them in your thought process? A key and a critical component of a successful partnership or relationship is an agreement. Is an agreement. There must be an agreement. 10, 15, 20 years ago, and the wise men of that era also said, not the handshake deal. But 10, 15 years ago, there was room for a handshake deal. In today's world, in this highly litigious environment that we're in, where instant gratification, instant results are demanded, you better make sure that there's an agreement that plays out the good, the bad, and the ugly. Does that make sense? You better make sure there is a business prenuptial in the bottom drawer in a case of emergency. So there must be, it's a critical component of a successful partnership that there is an agreement in writing witnessed by someone that was not cheap because the alternative is way more expensive. Does that make sense? If you invest $10,000 up front, you're going to save yourself $100 plus at the back end if you needed it. And the third thing is, and it's a critical component, there's no rules. When it comes to deciding on a partnership, that first, second, third conversation, there are no rules. All there, is, all there is is clarity. All there is is an understanding of who's doing what by when and how do we ensure we're moving towards something that's called a vision and what happens every other day to make sure we're continuously moving on that and what are the anniversary points of confirming we're moving towards that or maybe needing to change course. Does that make sense? So in the first aspect of, a, of an agreement, of, an, of a partnership, of a relationship, there's no rules. There's no fixed rules. And you need to understand that because the last thing you want to do is just turn up to a, 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 a reasonable legal, I guess, office and say, oh, we're thinking of uh, starting a partnership. And the first question that's asked of you, you say, oh, we didn't think about that. Does that make sense? You've got to think things through. You've got a scenario planned before you get to that situation and then the experts will really get tight with that conversation versus taking you through the golden book story. Does that make sense? You've got to be a little more emotional mature about these things. So critical components of a successful partnership. There's got to be desire, there's got to be an agreement and there's no fixed rules applied until there is an agreement. Yes, Jason? You know, sometimes people find it confronting and, and negative but that's the time to do it when you're still getting along and, you, and, and you're, you know, you're positive about each other and you're not questioning each other's motives and you haven't got a, your view, view of them's not coloured by what your wife said to you in your ear or what your husband said to you in your ear about you know, the other person and that type of thing. I think that's, that's a really important thing. Yes, Clint. Just to 
stage of the next chapter is that uh, I've got four junior partners, so they're in their 30s, I'm a bit older than them. Um, just a bit. Just a bit. Took uh, close to three years to get the partnership agreement right. And so I think taking time and uh, turn over each stone one by one, don't compromise on the issue till you get resolution. We agree, yes, let's move to the next one. Took me three years, but now that's protected us, we're bulletproof in terms of everything we've agreed to. Take time. Yeah, and, and this whole aspect of, you know, the buck's got to stop somewhere at the beginning, guys. If you create a roadmap for which people can come into and buy into, and we heard James share before, and your example just there confirms it again. Come in with the end in mind. Come in with the fact that you will allow others to come in and share in the shareholding or share in the spoils or whatever it is, this road that we're going down. But don't be in a hurry to get it done at day one. Be in a hurry to get it done in such a way where you give yourself the flexibility. If the desire is to do that, if you're an abundant business owner and you know and understand the principal lesson to success is leverage. OPT and OPM, guys. Other people's time, other people's money. Once you understand that principle and truly understand it, if you've set a stage, a platform for others to come on, and you're okay with that, my first mentor taught me, actually my first paid mentor taught me, 50% of something successful is way better than 100% of something that's not. Now think about that. But if I create a stage for which I now go into a, an engagement process before I get married, isn't that a better way? to bulletproof a decision for which you are open and honest about, hey, this is, this is for everyone, it's not just for me, I'm just gonna take the biggest risk right now. Damien, where are you? Damien, how often do we have that conversation in our business? How often? How often did we have it when I first met you? About six months. Regularly, before we even went into a tango. Every other day, every other week, it's part of our conversation, listen, I'm going to keep on taking the ultimate risk here. It's my house on the line. But I'm going to build it to such a point where you guys are coming in if you choose to. Because I've chosen. I've already chosen. Does that make sense? As long as we're doing this, this, this and this, by all means. This is not a dance floor and a dance on my own. I'm a, I'm a dancer. I want to dance with people, not on my own. That's lonely. Does that make sense? All place I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, it, it is, but what's way more important is long-term uh, you know, relationships for life, which is really cool. Positions versus interests. Never, never really get gobsmacked by that. There's a first. Positions versus interests. So when you think about components of a successful partnership, a successful relationship, a successful negotiation, because that's what you're talking about. This is a big negotiation. A partnership is about negotiation. It's about positions and interests. The positions in a successful um, relationship, in a successful partnership, is all about the behavior. What we see is people's positions. I'll be the boss. I'll be the internal, you be the external, you take care of the team, I'll take care of the, the, the customers, I'll take care of sales, I need to make sure I get $15,000 a month because I've got a high mortgage. Now once I start hearing that sort of stuff, what I'm getting to understand is the interest. What is the motivation behind the behaviour? See, if you go slow in a conversation regarding partnerships or relationships, even in business and negotiation, any type, if you take your time to understand the position, which is the behavior, and understand with total 
with total curiosity, the interest, which is the motivation behind the behaviour. You must understand what motivates the other party to be in a marriage with you. You must also be okay to share what motivates your behaviour to be in a relationship with them. Does that make sense? So for some of you who are, I guess, walking the walk of high negotiation, these are critical aspects to take on board. What is the interest and what is the position of the other party? And if you don't have total clarity and total awareness around that, and you are comfortable with where the motivation is coming from, until such time that you are comfortable and aligned with where the motivation is coming from, don't get in the relationship. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Because this is a think tank. Behaviour, influence for behaviour is their interest. It's your responsibility to get curious as to why. Why are you interested? We heard the questions before from James. Why do you want to get into real estate? What influences the behaviour? If you think getting into real estate means you're going to drive a Porsche or a Lamborghini in three months' time, you're going to have coming. If you don't think you're going to work seven days a week for at least the first four years before you get to that higher level of drinking at the bar, it ain't going to happen. So if you're not okay with that, maybe we need to abort this conversation. Does that make sense? So get really clear. If you're getting into a partnership or a relationship, any type of negotiation, positions and interests are critical, as are understanding the alternatives. So what we do in our business is nothing more, nothing less than what we share with what you should be doing in yours. We leave nothing to chance. If you are entering our space officially, you get everything. Does that make sense? We don't flirt with, oh, no, hold back. We give it the way it should be given, and we are silent partners in your business. And with that, I just want to say thank you for being here this morning and your contribution. Gratitude. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group. Partnerships, the ups, the downs, and the no doubt swing arounds. I love it. You know, those with the highest alternatives have the power. Be very, very, very clear on what are your options, what are your alternatives, what are you actually saying yes to. If you've just had six pots of beer and four jugs of the brew that just makes you unbelievably bulletproof, resist the napkin plan of the greatest partnership about to happen. I hope you enjoyed that. We are, we are really, uh, again, we're looking forward to the next several weeks ahead and uh, there's, there's a handful of business breakthrough workshops, uh, there's a business scalability workshop. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the business of uh, I'm working really hard and I'm leaving money on the table and not getting the squeeze that I really need out of the lemon, the lemon that's called my business, not so much from the bad aspect of lemon but the beautiful juice that should be coming, um, sit around with us. Come and hang around with us for at least two or three hours and figure out how much money on the table is, uh, is there for you and, and let's um, share a few strategies as to how do you take it from the table and put it into the bank, the bank where the options and the choices are. So we look forward to you uh, coming and sharing a few hours with us in our 
business breakthrough workshops, the business scalability workshop, and we also look forward to our uh, newest members joining us at our Board of Directors 12 program that's commencing in September onwards. So raise your hand. Uh, Don't be shy. Shy people don't get much in life. So we look forward to helping you create better alternatives, more alternatives, and putting you in a position of power. I'm Stefan Gazagas, Business Benchmark Group, where every small business owner can achieve big business success. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.